Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the Miami area, we have former corrections officer Tori Terry on the phone. Tori is also an author, and he worked in corrections as a corrections officer, for, I think, for 13 years, give or take a few. First of all, before we get into your conversation about your experience as a corrections officer, uh, you've written, was it one or two books? I've written two books, actually. The first book was written about my, stepf- my stepfather and his lifestyle of living back in the late 80s and early 90s in Miami. The name of that book is The Locks Hated On With a Smile. And your second book? The second book I wrote on uh, is going to be a volume series. The first part has been written. It's called If This Badge Can Talk. It gives us experiences uh, on the inside of the prison life and how we handle stress and many different situations that have went on beyond the bars. Excellent. And where can people get more information about your books? They could find the book on Amazon. That's where it's at right now. And they could uh, purchase the physical copy from Amazon. One of the things I've found is I just did a Google search for Tori Terry and uh, books, and it came up. And you're also on social media as well. If people search for Tori Terry, corrections officer and author, you'll pop up. My hat's off to you for, hey, writing a book. Here's the reason why. When I retired from police work, there's so many great stories. I thought, hey, I'm going to do what so many cops say they're going to do is I'm going to write a book. And I, I just miserable at it. I cannot get started. And when I think I got it started, a couple of days later, I'm distracted. I'm getting done. And the other one was always, I'm going to open Irish Tavern. And that's, that was never a good idea to begin with. So for you to set out to do this, and follow through with it is a huge undertaking because a lot of people say they're going to do it, but they, they can't succeed. Well, I had, when, when I decided to write this book, it was time for people to understand what it is that we go through as correction officers once we pass that gate and enter into the facility. 
So once uh, once I got it up, made it up in my mind, I said, you know what, the people need to see the depression, the the pain, the heartache, the headaches, the the anger, the the depression, and I was like, you know, they need to know what we go through before they go quick to judge, and that's really what got me started to writing the book. There's a whole lot of misconceptions about policing corrections jails prisons and i'll be honest with you it takes a special person to be a corrections officer and i don't have the skill set required just just the noise level alone would be enough to drive me out of my mind i would be screaming at people and losing it i don't think people can comprehend how noisy it is with people yelling and screaming and it just never ends do you get a break from that at all you get you get no break from that unless you have to really assert yourself and the screaming it puts yourself inside a cognitive state uh the eight to sixteen hours that you work on a daily basis and sometimes you don't even notice it that when you leave the prison and you go home your tone level doesn't even change due to how much record you you have to deal with inside the prison telling people to quiet down, getting order, getting in line, making this happen, making that happen. It is giving orders every single day and it's putting us in a in a state of mind that a human being is not supposed to be placed in at any given time on a regular day. I get it. I, I don't want to ever be an inmate in, in a correctional facility and I never, to be honest with you, I never want to ever be a corrections officer. <laughs> oh. And I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm saying is I have nothing but utmost appreciation for what you cats do because it is a thankless job. And it the threats, you, the violence, the stress, the noise level, all that. I mean, I can't even begin to comprehend it. And you're absolutely correct. Like, I, uh, if I could share a story with you. One time I was there and I was working in confinement. Confinement is a unit where when inmates do bad things on the compound, they get placed in there 23 out of the 24 hours of the day for a certain amount of period of time due to the violation that they've done. Well, I was downstairs um, showering inmates, and I was wondering why one of my officers didn't come back because I was a sergeant uh, out there. So I went up to the booth, and the door, it normally doesn't lock. So, like, you're able to push it open or whatever because our equipment's back there. And come to find out, the door was locked. So I went to push on the door, and it was kind of jammed a little bit, so I kind of nudged it, and my officer was in there attempting to cut his wrist. While he was working, while he's on duty, he's a suicide attempt. While he was on duty. Mm -hmm. I want people to understand this. I want to say and almost act like I'm shocked that that occurred. I'm not shocked. And that's the part that that people should be really troubled about. Mm -hmm. First of all, I want to clear something up. And I get this from every walk of life. And I also get it from corrections officers. Our corrections officers are law enforcement officers. They are part of the same blue family. They face the same threats of violence, probably even more so than than us street cops did. And where people get this mindset that corrections officers don't count, I I don't know. But I think, I'll be honest with you, Tori, I think Hollywood has a lot to do with that. Every movie, television show I've ever seen, every series about prisons or jails portrays corrections officers as absolute bumbling, stumbling morons that can't get a job elsewhere. Absolutely. And we are and we are at the stake the most underpaid at what we do. 
And, you know, it was even at a point of time where it became so dangerous. You just imagine, you know, you're around 90% of a volatile situation because all of the, 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 the suspects and the people that have been arrested and convicted, they're all placed in one local location. And you're dealing with the con artists, the murderers, the thieves, the, 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 the rapists. You're dealing with all of these people set in one position. There was a time where I got surrounded by 23 inmates one time, and I had, and it was just me and my life on the line. And we and just with had no gun. Yeah, that's the other thing. And, and by the way, we just had a corrections officer in Michigan, uh, not far from Detroit. I can't recall his name right off the top of my head, but an inmate planned an attack on him uh, and executed the attack, strangled and beat the officer to death, uh, and. It, this is what our corrections officers are faced with on a daily basis. And I'm not saying it to be dramatic. I'm not saying that to, to say, hey, look, these people deserve our support, which they do. I'm saying it because that's the reality of what goes on. We love bringing you the Law Enforcement Today show. People say, I can't get it on a station near me. Never fear. You can listen to the show as a podcast for free. Just go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, you'll find us there. Or do a Google search for a Law Enforcement Today podcast. Be sure to subscribe today. Remember, it's free. When we return, we're talking more with Tori about life inside a corrections facility as a corrections officer. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We have a new podcast. It's called True Crime Fighters Podcast. Yes, it's another true crime podcast, but a little bit different. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories, but very little is told of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters Podcast. Do a Google search for True Crime Fighters Podcast. Subscribe today or check us out on Facebook. Do a search for True Crime Fighters. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today show is brought to you by Mr. James Mather from Synergy Financial. When it comes to financial matters, trust is hugely important. As a former law enforcement officer, James Mather will always have your back. For free information about insurance, retirement, college funding strategies, and more, go online to mrjamesmather.com, spelled M-R-J-A-M-E-S. M-A-T-H-E-R.com. Again, that's Mr. James Mather.com. Back to our conversation with Tori Terry calling us from the Miami area. Tori is a former corrections officer. By the way, thank you for your service. He's also an author. He's written two books. And uh, by the way, the name of your books again are The Locks Hated On With a Smile and If This Badge Can Talk. So The Locks Hated On With a Smile is based on fact. It, it's about crime and drugs and the community you grew up in uh, in the 1980s and 90s, correct? That's for, for my stepfather, yes. His life story. One, I have not read the book yet. And I'll be honest with you, when I read a little bit of the review of it, I started to have a little bit of a, I'm not sure what the word is. I had a reaction, Tori, uh, because I policed <laughs> in Baltimore in the 1980s and, and early 90s. And... Just from the description of the book, I thought of people that I dealt with all the time. By the way, 
Here's a huge misconception. I worked in the highest crime areas of Baltimore. They're primarily African-American communities, and 98.9% of the people were phenomenal people. You never had any kind of trouble dealing with them. The only time that you ever encountered them was to say hello, or they're a victim of a crime. Then of of the criminal population, which was small, only a small percentage of that was violent. The vast majority of people, even drug dealers that we locked up all knew us by first name. They We knew them, and it wasn't violence. It wasn't a lot of uh, animosity. Uh, none of that stuff. It, we always say it's part of the game. The good side, the bad side, it depends on what side of the fence you're on. You know what to expect. That's right. So what I thought was, people have a tendency to glorify that. And without getting into a long conversation about why people choose what they do obviously you chose another path uh, you chose to go into corrections you chose to uh, become an author uh, those were deliberate decisions on your part and it would have been very easy to continue on with that lifestyle and game wouldn't it it would have been but my my stepfather he made sure he made it his business not to make it seem we never knew we never knew and then when he decided to leave the game and all of that, we never knew until the facts of everything, really, until I just decided to write a story two years ago. But other than that, they showed us the right path. I need you to go out there, make a life, go ahead, go to school, do what you need to do, be something. And it just so happened that I turned out to be on this side. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. because it could very easily be either way. And you know, I had options when I was a teenager. I made some stupid mistakes, and I could have followed a different crowd, but for whatever reason, I decided not to. And to be honest with you, my dad and my mom had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. My mom was a, a daughter of Irish immigrants, and they didn't play around. They were like, this is what's expected of you. I mean, at young, you were taught, this is what's expected of you. That's right. That's right. That That is, that is very much the truth. And that's the same thing that goes over here. It taught us good moral values, how to grow up, how to stand in the world, how not to be tricked, how to go and, and pursue your education, be something, do what you uh, uh, have to do on the right side. Right, right. And the other thing, too, and we'll close on this part of the conversation, is with uh, how not to be dictated to by other people. I cannot stand when um, – I'll give you an example – the, the stereotypes about Irish people, that this is the type of path you have to leave and this is what you have to do, uh, and this is how you have to be. And I've, I've rebelled against that since I was a kid, and everyone in my family has as well. Mm-hmm. So you decided to go into corrections. One of the big, there's so many misconceptions uh, that I have, and if I have them, and I worked in law enforcement for a long time, and I'm around a lot of law enforcement people with a law enforcement radio show, I know a lot of them general population people have really no accurate concept they watch shows like orange is the new black they watch shows like oz and they think that's what prison is really like what's the biggest misconception people have about corrections Hmm. oh man i don't know where to start with that one of the biggest misconceptions see i wouldn't know to call it a misconception but it's more of what's what triggers a correction officer to uh, be the way that they are? Like you take the county, for example. If someone comes in there and they want to, uh, they're coming to bond their uh, spouse out, a significant other, whoever, son, mother, 
whatever, they'll encounter a correction officer and be like, oh, why are they so nasty or why are they so, they look so miserable and, and these type of things. But they don't know that that officer just walked from the back of the facility to the front with inmates pulling their privates out on them, inmates talking, cursing them out, inmates trying to grab them and touch them, only to come up to have to deal customer service in the very front with the civilian. So, you know, misconception is, is a lot of things trigger how we are from inside of the prison to not being able to normalize it down in a quick amount of time outside of the prison, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. I used to have this this mental thing I used to do, Tori, where when I got home from work or if I changed at the, the district in the, the locker room, when I was undoing the Velcro from my vest, I had this image in my mind that I was undressing and changing back to the normal J. Uh, I was going to be the normal guy I've always been. Now it's my turn to go be a, a husband and a father and all that. And for a long time, I was very good at that. And then eventually those lines got blurred where it didn't matter how much Velcro I ripped off. Look, I couldn't escape that mindset. It was with me all the time. 85% to 90% of all correctional officers dive in the bottle. They drink. They have bottles in the car. They drink when they leave. They, this is the way they relieve most officers, correctional officers, relieve their stress. And that's sad. It's very it, it, it's very sad, but this is this is the norm. They don't have no they 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 could say they want to use the EAP to try to get some assistance, but a lot of their pride get in the way, and they turn to that. And that and that that method that you just mentioned that is that is a, a actual uh, that should be a method that should be incorporated. <laughs> yeah, well, that's something that that plagues all the law enforcement and pretty much, I know, all first responders as well. And speaking of which. For any first responder, active, retired, former, corrections officers, law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs, and military veterans, there's a great program in Delaware Beach, Florida called Help for Our Heroes at Transformations Treatment Center. Just go to helpforourheroes.com and get more details. Substance abuse, PTSD-related issues, they're the best. They are awesome, and it's first responders helping first responders. This is the Law Enforcement Show. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center, call 888 991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. 
back to our conversation with Tori Terry on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Tori is a former corrections officer, about 13 years on the job, which in my book makes him an expert in corrections because I spent zero days as a corrections officer. And I'll be honest, with you, I don't know it. It's a different world than policing. And I remember going into Maryland State Penitentiary. I remember going into Jessup, as they called the cut. I remember going to Baltimore City Jail and for whatever reasons and not wanting to stay there. But these men and women that work there, they're there for 8, 10, 11, 12 plus hours a day and they do it five, six days a week. And I can't begin to imagine what that's like. Man, you, you're right about that. It's, it's, it's actually, it's, it could be mentally stressful. It could be draining. You know, to only have two days off with with your family and if you're in special teams like the rapid response team and doing uh, different things to try to get more money added to your check, you really have even less time with that with your family. And for, like for me, it was one of those things where I give 110% at the job but it was sad to say that I only gave maybe 40 to 50 at home. And it, you try to, you know, I try to take as much of that time as when I do get a chance to go home to really try to relax and throw away before I have to go right back in it. It's, it's a real, it's, it's a real, it's a real feeling that you get when you have to, to deal with so many things. Like I remember there's, been a lot of tenses where I had to go to a lot of people and actually rescue them. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, where people plan things, that's not something that just like every time when you see it once in a lifetime or, or once every so often on the news, the ones that make it to the news may have went badly, but there that happens more than you think right. inside the place where they actually plan and plot and do things. I've been in, in riot situations where and in one of the mental health units, before they banned chicken, they gave all the chicken wings, and they went and everything went all crazy in there. They was using the bones to try to poke each other, and and to go in there to see like a mass chaos and having to, to do something, you know, it can really be it, it can really be a stressful situation. And I know if you're going to come out alive or not each day that you go inside of this building. Well, first of all, I love chicken wings, and but but I know that people will use the bones and sharpen them to make shanks or, or prison-made knives and things of that nature. Uh, and one of the things I really could not understand, Tori, is that if you're a corrections officer, you've got your things you've got to get done every day. And a lot of that's contingent yeah. on what the inmates do. So you still got to get your job done regardless of what they do. But they have nothing but time to sit there and watch you, watch your schedules, to learn your ins and outs, intricacies of your personality, to try to trap you into something, and to launch attacks. I know these attacks happen all the time. I think it was a year ago we had a young woman who was thrown off second tier, barely survived. Yep, I think a couple years ago we had, and it's not just corrections officers, people forget about the support staff, the nurses, the social workers. Yep. We've yep. had nurses raped in those facilities we've had by the worst of the worst and the thing that, that really frosts my you know what is people say well the good news is so-and-so got arrested for multiple murders and they got life without parole they'll never see the light of day again and we can all breathe easily 
and I say, except for the people that got to work around them. Oh, and also, except for maybe your kid who gets arrested for theft for the 15th time, and he winds up being a cellmate with this guy. When you talk about, when you talk about every, your average everyday things that you have to go through, like I have to go in and I've had to go in and do my security checks and my rounds, and, and certain, sometimes we're so short of staff that some of the times we can't be everywhere at once. And just like you say, you know, sometimes you, 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 uh, a person's child will go for theft and you have them on the bunk with a murderer and, you know, somebody who's not going to get out. And a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen. I don't know how to put it into I think you're putting it in a proper perspective. A lot of really bad things happen. A lot of really bad things. And yes. what, what, what repercussions, what punishment do you have for lifers? Well, we have... Let's just say states where they have the death penalty and the person's on death row for 30 years. What are you going to do to that cat to get him to change behavior? Or you have someone who's got life without parole and they got multiple life sentences and they're never going to see the light of day. How do you correct their behavior? What do you do? What can you do? Oh, we. There's, there's really the only thing you can do because whether, whether you really know it or not, a lot of lifers. They really made peace with their time. Although the things you see on TV, like uh, they're going all crazy and this, that, and third, it really don't be like that in the inside behind the walls, you know, when the camera's off. They're actually doing their time, and they're actually trying to fight and appeal. You want to know who gives the most trouble? The ones who give the most trouble are the ones who have the less amount of time. Really? Whether you know it or not, that's the truth, yes. I never would have the thought lifers, that. Yep, the lifers are really in check in the prison. But if you get on their bad side, you better be ready to reap everything that they're going to throw at you up to death. But they really don't give an issue. They really try to fight their cases to try to get a death sentence overturned and their uh, life sentence uh, knocked down. They spend more time in a law library than they do acting up. You have maybe one or two lifers out of the entire prison that act that, that, that just don't care and don't care. But the rest of them... It really don't give you all that problem. Typically, and when you work in a correctional facility, how many inmates are there? Uh, 1,600 when I was. 1,600? 1,600, and on the time of shift, maybe 30 officers. So you've got 30 30 corrections officers working a Mm -hmm. a shift with 1,600 inmates. How is that even achievable? How is... First of all, how do you keep your safety? That's got to be the number one priority. Just like uh, working the streets and police work, safety is the number one issue. Number two is is trying to be professional and take care of people's needs. How do you guys do that? It's just like you just said, giving them their needs. When they, if you can, if you could come to work and be the same, give them what they require to have. Eighty five percent of your job is skill can be accomplished without ease is when you go the negative route and don't want to do those things because we have some correction officers that just want to be left field. They're the ones who end up getting in most of the majority of a lot of the trouble. And that's really, you can give or take the rest of the compound to get taken care of like that. And most of the time the inmates know that even if they decided to take over the prison, that it's still the national guards. We still have the CERT team. We still have the rapid response team. 
there's teams where we can, on a snap of a finger, get 300 officers to it in amount of 30 minutes. We're talking with Tori Terry. This is the Law Enforcement Day Show. Tori is a former uh, corrections officer and also an author of two books. We've got more to talk about life and death situations inside a correctional facility and much more. One of the questions I get all the time is how can I show my support for law enforcement? Well, we're all busy. You probably can't go to a protest march. You probably can't go pick it somewhere. But there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. Think of it this way. Facebook has about 2 billion registered users worldwide. So you can make a difference. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement, our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. And when you see posts that you like, you agree with, especially if episodes of the radio show and podcast, be sure to share it on your social media. Again, do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. And then show your support by sharing. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Hey folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for... Law Enforcement Today radio show. When you get there, click like and follow. That's click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today radio show on Facebook. Back to our conversation with Tori Terry, an enlightening conversation on the Law Enforcement Today show. Tori is a corrections officer, 13 years on the job, also an author of two books. And I want to say enlightening because just kind of worked in law enforcement as a, a city police. I really don't have any experience in the corrections realm. We were trained to respond to prison riots and things of that nature. The state police as well in Maryland, and I'm sure it's similar to where you are. And each corrections facility, state or corporately owned, has their own response units as well. So it's it's a different world, and I really appreciate you taking time to talk about it. I think the one thing that we can both agree on or have some basic level of understanding is being in situations where it's a a life and death type 
uh, battle or confrontation. Did you ever find yourself in those situations while you were working? Absolutely. Once there was a, there was a time, like I said earlier, when I got surrounded by 26 inmates and I was the only one there. Uh, but luckily one of my sergeants came in to clear out the scene and everybody just walked away from that. And then there was a time where one of my uh, partners of mine, his panic alarm went off and due to, it was like malfunction in the panic alarms in the system and everybody didn't know really which way to go. He got, I believe they, they said it was believed that he got hit in the back of the head with a fire extinguisher and a law book, and he had a couple of lacerations on top of his his shirt. I was there that day. And when I say it was like 15 minutes before we even thought to even get there to, re- to respond because of all of the other alarms that was going off, I ran outside, and everybody was running. And then I was like, well, what's going on? And they say, somebody just stabbed so-and-so. And I said, okay, I ran to the library to check it out. And to see him unconscious, trying to pull this chemical agent, trying to press the button at the same time, and just to know that 109 inmates were in there. We locked up 109 inmates and still didn't find the person who did it. And, and, and like, that was one of the, that was, that was the day, I think, I believe that was on the news. I was in a situation where we couldn't do the count, we couldn't complete count because there was somebody missing. And we had a pregnant female running the library officer. She was by herself. And when we went over there to clear the area, there was a inmate hiding in a broom closet that was supposed to be locked at all times. And he had a pair of scissors in his hands. So he was plotting a plan to rape that officer and do some things to her as well. And these are and, secure facilities. This is the thing... That I think a lot of people don't get. Uh, we understand that people would have you believe, Hollywood would have you believe that the biggest threat to your safety is the boogeyman, is the guy, you know, you pull up in your driveway at night, Tori, and the trash can's out of place. And little things that, that make the hair on your neck stand up saying, hey, something's not right. Look, a complete stranger can victimize you. That does happen. It's very rare. But in these facilities, First of all, on the street, you have a much better chance, better chance of being victimized by someone you know and love than you do a total stranger, someone in your own family. And in these secure facilities like prisons, jails, there's a big difference between the two. There's no such thing as safety. That's right. I mean, it's up to you guys to be safe. And you guys do this job. When I say guys, I mean men and women. People know long enough uh, it's not a, a sexist or gender term. It. Everybody I worked with is guys. But you men and women, when you go in the facility, you're unarmed. You you don't have sidearms. You don't have firearms. You maybe have a, a, a mace or a pepper spray. That's it. And that's all you got. That's the biggest it. weapon you have is your brain. That's it. That is it. And I you think have to that use I, a lot of tactics. Yeah, I would think that I would be pretty good because of, of policing, by the way. Your brain is the biggest weapon as well. We all tend to rely on that, but we can't be on our A game every minute of every day, especially when the stress is ratcheted up to the level that you guys deal with. There you go. And you're absolutely right. There's a lot of times where you won't be on your A game because of certain things that may be going personal in your life. 
and you come to work and try to get your head together on it, not knowing that, you know, these guys watch your every move. They know when you're down. They know when you're off. They know when you, you, you're not clicking right. And they know how to take advantage of it to the maximum. And like you said, your the facility you worked in had 1,600 inmates and 30 corrections officers per shift. That's right. So if they decided to rampage and riot, truth be told, there's not a whole lot you could do without getting back up from outside. Exactly. You can only try to find you somewhere and lock yourself in because I don't care who you are, Batman, Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's always oh, someone this. bigger, badder, and crazier than you. And by the way, the TV shows and the movies, they love to show one guy duking it out with 14 people and winning. That ain't real life. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry. And it's 15, and it's 50 to 1 is your ratio. You're not beating 50 dudes that run 8, 9 miles on a four-hour rec time period. Push-ups, sit-ups, some of them practice karate, and you got to stop them in the midst of doing that because that's a, a forbidden thing that they do, but they still find time to put that into place. And we can always tell the guys who just got out of the joint, just got out of jail. They were always in great shape. Three months yep. later, not so much. Yep. But And here's, here's the thing. I'm sure it's the same with corrections officers. We didn't get paid to work out. We didn't have time on the clock to work out. And if you were married and had kids, you went to work and you went home. And look, we weren't in the shape that they were in because that's what all they had to do all day long. And... It's an absolute wonder. It's a testament to the, the professionalism of our corrections officers that more inmates aren't killed every year in the United States. I don't know what the numbers are, but they pale in comparison to the actual number of hardcore criminals that are actually locked up. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about your books. You decided part of uh, what you would do to maybe relieve stress, maybe to find an outlet, a creative outlet away from being corrections officers or right a couple books. What are the names of the books and where can people get more information? First book is The Locks, Hated On With A Smile. You can find that on Amazon. You can find If This Badge Can Talk on Amazon as well. And where can people get more information about you and what you're doing? They can follow on I Am Tori Terry on Instagram, Tori Terry on Facebook, and they can see all of the interviews and places we've been and things like that and we're also going to be coming close to a movie for my first book very good a lot of great things happening your way tori i want to thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here on law enforcement today and a reminder for any law enforcement officers first responders corrections officers uh, dispatchers, EMTs, firefighters, military veterans who find themselves in situations where they got substance abuse issues, self-medicating with alcohol, PTSD, PTSD-related issues, please do yourself a favor. Check out the good folks at the Help for Our Heroes program uh, run by Carlos Farina, who is a retired law enforcement officer and military veteran and other first responders, all, all professionals uh, in a separate facility. Check them out. Do a search online for help for our heroes. Tori Terry, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thanks for having me. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. We have a new podcast. It's called True Crime Fighters Podcast. Yes, it's another true crime podcast, but a little bit different. 
There's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories, but very little is told of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. Do a Google search for True Crime Fighters podcast, subscribe today, or check us out on Facebook. Do a search for True Crime Fighters. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.